Hello builders. Welcome to the Builders Club Startup Founders podcast. A podcast for founders to upskill themselves and understand the founder mindset. Every week, we sit with the best minds in the startup ecosystem and understand what it takes to start, run and scale businesses. This podcast is from one of our recordings of our water cooler conversations. A weekly community AMA where we get established entrepreneurs to discuss their strategies and their mindset in front of our community members. So sit back, relax and let's start with the episode. So guys, we bring you another edition of conversation here where we get uh, you know founders to come and talk about their journey and their their process in general and we try and understand their thought process and how exactly do they approach uh, approach the industry in which they are in today we have satanic roy with us i would love to you know probably understand your childhood journey where exactly did you start off with what exactly were you were your aspirations when when you were in college and what exactly instigated you to start Fabulous Change? Sure, uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I started my entrepreneurial career around say eighteen and nineteen. All right, when I was eighteen and nineteen, so my first startup was something which was just in the fintech sector, right? Uh, and uh, it was more of a B two B transactional thing we were doing around the banks. All right, and uh, to be very honest, for the first time when we we're starting out, right? Uh, when we we're uh, starting out for the first time, I did not even know about entrepreneurship. You know, and you know, felt like uh, one should register a company before you know even hiring interns because I don't come from a family background of business. Right, uh, that's how my journey started. I I think somewhere it was always about. Uh, trying to do something which can create a mark in the world tomorrow, right? Trying to create a brand out there in the world. The the later part is you know, the later part is as as it just happened, right? Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, so when you were starting, also this, uh, can you just yeah, yeah. run us through your initial? Yeah. So the first startup, what was it about? Uh, what yeah. were you doing? Sure, sure. What about my first startup, uh, you know, what we started doing is was, was very simple. So we realized between the bank to bank transactions that happened, right? Uh, it usually has a lot of verifications that happen that has to happen, and for those reasons, uh, and it's basically you know, it's basically verifications. It's it's basically verifications on 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 a different scale. One, one what I mean by scale is uh, this could easily be solved through quotes and and say algorithms, right? That is something we focused on. That is something we had focused on, and and the on the first part of that, the idea was very simple. Can we really bring the transactional codes to to an exchange where it is more efficient and you know somewhere resolve what what takes around say six hours, seven hours today to somewhere less than a couple of minutes. Though it was not as efficient as we thought it to be, right? But I would somewhere say we we made a uh, we made a good progress over there. Right, and some part of the IP was 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 uh, was something that was really been taken over and been worked upon in one of the major financial institutions out of London. Right, uh, 
but that was it. I think every good thing, uh, not every good thing, will show me a great thing, right? Uh, that was the journey, and I realized like probably, you know, it was too early for us to move into move into such a space or try something such a gigantic. And towards that, I I realized one other thing like uh, somewhere we had created something which you know, which of course was was taken uh, taken by 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 cross borders experience over there yet I could not build a brand out of it. Right. So building a brand would actually mean can can we really look into a consumer focus segment and that is and that is where hyper exchange started and I, I and uh, you know it was totally a consumer focus thing. So when we started on right, the idea was very simple. You know, I was based out of my college, right, and being an aspirational person, I was looking for, say, the iPhones and the Macs of the world, right. Uh, but uh, I don't want. I did not have deep pockets. Neither did my friends, right. Uh, so the all uh, the the only way down for us, the only way down for us is was to was probably to go. Uh, was probably to go to a you know second-hand market somewhere, say a Gaffa market in Delhi, a Kedipur market in Kolkata, Lamington Road in Bangalore, right? So, but that is somewhere you know you do not trust. I mean, trust is a major issue over there, right? I mean, someone might give give you a stolen phone or something of that sort, right? Having said that, we made some uh, back calculation and we realized it's a twenty-five billion dollar market back in twenty sixteen. I'm saying. It's a twenty-five billion dollar market, and ninety-five percent of this market is free. That's that's an opportunity. I mean, think about a very similar space in the logistics just ten years back, right? Uh, a, a huge grey market, uh, where uh, a huge, huge grey market. All right, uh, the Olas and the Ubers and the Divagos of the world came in, right? Uh, structured the market and went out. Today. Today, uh, today, huh? So basically, today, uh, on the other hand, if you see, uh, post the COVID, the twenty twenty happened, and post that, uh, the entire market changed altogether. From a twenty five billion dollar market, this became a hundred billion dollar market. Right? Just because you know, work from home and study from home started. Work from home and study from home started. So today, while you while someone was okay with just one device at home, today the the uh, same home needs at least four devices right and on the other hand uh, and not just that and on the other hand you know people lost their jobs people had their cuts in salaries and it was no brainer people looking for affordable options much similar to what happened in the us post the great depression right the second hand car market came see and a half days to the new car market is something which which started happening in india I think we were, you know, somewhere. I have really been fortunate to be just at the right place at the right time. That's all. Right. Uh, that's that's the basic background of hyper exchange. What we do and why we do. Right. And definitely, there has been a lot of technology involvement, etc. Uh, in this. Right. Microsoft is an investor over here. Uh, we have been invested by the Mahindra Group. Uh, now we are raising our next round of funds. Uh, things are happening, and I think it's just not a space about refurbish. It's not just about a space of aspirational uh, devices, gadgets. It's also about how important um, you know, the the sector of say environment, the sector of climate positivity, carbon uh, the carbon negativity is being looked at uh, currently. I think uh, that itself uh, that itself on the on the other hand got a huge huge uh, say backup somewhere. I mean, 
there are a lot of ESG funds, etc., globally that are now coming to us and and speaking about all this uh, all these things. How how are we challenge challenging the changes out there? And I think it's it's probably the best time to be in such a market right now, which is evolving like in a hundred billion dollar market, a three market, and being a brand structuring over there. That's, that's absolutely true because I remember so I, I was a part of the Antler cohort and one of mm-hmm. our cohort members, Rivello, is also actually mm-hmm. doing a similar work. I don't know whether you know about them or not. They're Singapore based. No. And, okay. And they have kind of expanded in uh, the Southeast Asian market and in Australia and uh, mm-hmm. they're doing very well. So, from what I, 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 what I, what I, what I want to emphasize on that this is not just an India phenomenon. The whole exactly. established market itself is basically being looked at in a completely different lens. Now, you're absolutely right when you say that the timing is probably right because usually exactly. these kind of industries thrive and go up and down in waves because this requires a lot yes, of yes. This requires a lot of investment. This requires a lot of people to have faith in your in your brand in your philosophy for this to actually succeed. Mm-hmm. Part of it is true. I mean, in terms of funds, I don't think, uh, I don't see this as a capital intrinsic model. Rather, I see this as an asset-like model. There are different ways you can play in this market. But on the other hand, uh, you know, in terms of the global market reach, or say the global exposure this market has suddenly seen has been huge. I mean, one of our competitors is based out of France, which is, you know, one-fourth of the population of India. They just raised uh, on, on a run rate, on a revenue run rate of 150 million. They just raised uh, $320 million around at a of 3.2 billion dollar valuation right uh that's the type of things that is happening in the market and this is not a you know uh, we started in 2016 this was a, a company we started you know just a couple of years back uh, and that's it i mean uh it's, it's not about a, a change which is happening over say decades or or, or taking tens of years of time right no no yeah, absolutely exactly so probably let's try and deep dive a little bit into the, the industry in itself. So there are two or things which I want to understand. One is, of course, from a consumer sure. sentiment perspective. So uh, at least at least in India, the whole idea of a second-hand electronics is still probably something which is fairly new. Because people, and it's, it's a kind of a mindset, right? That second-hand mm-hmm. electronics, ka maal mat uthana, you never know what might go wrong. Right, and and this is something which a lot of people advise also. So I just basically want to understand right. when you people were starting off, and this is back in 2016, yeah. people were a little were even more skeptical. Want to understand the kind of challenges mm-hmm. that you faced when you when you went out in there in the market from a consumer mindset standpoint, and how exactly have you mitigated? Uh, Definitely, I think you know any big. Uh, hello. Yeah, can you just disconnect and reconnect back again? There's some static which is coming. Uh, uh, audible now? Yeah, you are audible. Better now? Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Thanks. Um, I I think yes. Uh, you know, the point you just mentioned, right? There are challenges, and I think that's uh, that is about uh change in a in a in an industry that happens, and that does not happen overnight. That takes a lot of innovation and a lot of you know systematic changes and in processes that happen. I mean, think about think about the e-commerce. Think about the e-commerce 
revolution that happened in India, right? India is a country where where you know where basically credit cards is is still still a luxury. And if you if you look at the if you look at the uh, you know global e-commerce market, it served on one thing where the payment was made on a credit card and was a prepaid. So when e-commerce started happening in India, probably we did not know what to do, right? I mean, how does this industry really scale and how how this uh, how this industry really scale and grow in a country like India where not say, say not even credit cards. Uh, think about digital payments. And right? digital payments are not something that had really penetrated deep in in us at least around say 2010, 2011, 2012 year, um, um, in, in this years, right? So the the basic idea of what changed the entire uh, entire e-commerce and and, and made this a, 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 a you know multi-billion-dollar industry was a simple three-word thing. It was cash on delivery. In global in global terms, no one had heard of something of of so big, right? Uh, something so big a change in an industry in any any of the country. This was an innovation totally by Flipkart. I mean, Flipkart, the, you know, the the Bansals were the first one to introduce something like cash on delivery, right? And there were a lot of challenges and say questions around it, like what if the customer does not pay? Uh, this happens, that happens. They said, let's let's try it, like let's try it. If we fail, we fail. But if we do not fail, probably in 2021, uh, this startup will, you know, have a 32 billion dollar valuation. In a similar terms, what we did was very, uh, uh, was very different. I mean, we started something called the industry first 12 months roadster warranty. What I mean by that, today anyone buying a refurb device already has a question mark in their mind: Should I or should I not? And say, for example, tomorrow for any reason something goes wrong. Tomorrow, for any reason, something goes wrong. Now I tell my service center sit for two hours, check that and my service guy tells you come back after seven days. Right? This person will never come. Right? Being in a published segment, my music. I'll do that. I'll do that. Sorry, guys. So, Satnik is on the road right now. So, that's the reason why there's some trouble in the uh, in the connection. Uh, he'll just disconnect and reconnect back, back again. Satnik, can you do that or should I disconnect you and you'll rejoin back again? Uh, am I audible now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is much better. Okay, yeah, I just close all the other apps uh, that were there in the background. Yeah. yeah but, uh, you know, coming back, so what we did was an industry first 12 months booster warranty, right? So what I mean by that, you know, anyone buying a refurbished product, the first place, they have already a question mark in their mind. Should I buy or should I not? Right? The next thing that happens is, say, in case something goes wrong, right? Uh, in case something goes wrong, I asked this guy or the or the person to come down to my service center, sit for two hours, take a token, and my service guy tells you, you know, come back after seven days, you'll get your device. This person will never come back, right? Uh, refurbished device by default does not have a depreciation value because you know once once the tag of being a new is gone, it's just gone. It is not a second hand, it's not a third hand, it's not a fourth hand, right? Uh, so I do not have a depreciation depreciation value in this market. What we decided is 
How about if you buy an iPhone X, 32 GB say gold from me today, and something goes wrong? I don't ask you to come down to any of my service center or anything. I don't repair it for you. I just take it back and I replace the device. I replace it with a new refurbished iPhone X, 32 GB gold. So, uh, you know, because there won't be even psychological issues, like say, for example, uh, if I repair it for you today, and you might think, you know, the volume button was not working today, probably the display is not working as well. And this, this is totally psychological. Uh, so this is one of the one of the most interesting things we did, and I think you know this really went to be a headline in, in many of the uh, features we have, we have been featured in, right? Both nationally and internationally, because this is not something that has ever been tracked, right? Think about it: those ship twelve months warranty, where the entire de uh, device is being replaced. So these are a few ambitious of the steps. I mean, even if you speak about our IP, uh, the uh, our, our R and D is based on Scotland today. University of Edinburgh and University of Strathclyde. We have been working on something called Lifade, which is the world's first diagnostic platform for for for, for cross brands. I mean, every of them, right? Be it an Apple or be it a Samsung, right? Uh, we have seven patents around it, and nothing so ambitious has ever been done before. There have always been ambitious projects we have been we have been working on, and we have been successfully executing, and probably failing in many as well. But uh, that's that's a bold step forward. If you want to bring a, bring a change in the industry altogether, there has to be certain uh, you know certain visions, certain certain ways, and certain I would say, uh, uh, certain say steps you should follow. Cannot be done in a, in a in a in a in a regular way because you know all the say say millions of dollars of funding on on day one to probably you know. Uh, to be there on all the holdings of the city and 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 probably you know market yourself as, as a giant. There has to be innovation that has to be play uh, and fall into place. Other uh, are there any other legitimate competitors out there for you guys here in India? Yes, definitely. I think Cashify is doing fairly well. They just raised another fifteen million dollars of funds, right? Uh, 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 there are a couple of them. I mean, uh, uh, if you see. Yansa is a company which has slowed down a, a little uh, over the last uh, past uh, in last couple of years, but uh, definitely I see there's there's enough competition. I mean, there's enough space for competition, right? Uh, as I just mentioned, a hundred billion dollar industry, uh, Gashiva, Yansa, and Hyperexion together are not even a billion dollar out there in the market. So it's not about just a competition; it's also about the space for competition. There's enough space for for competition. One last question from my side, and then we'll, we'll open it up for the audience. So guys, in case you have sure. any questions, please feel free. Uh, I'm sure, so we're speaking about the circular ecosystem uh, of technology. So I I have a question, actually two questions. I have. One is around the supply chain. Uh, so uh -huh. I guess, you know, a lot of the focus for you guys would be on the quality of uh, goods that you people are also getting. So, are there any exactly. parameters that you people follow, or do you have any curated list? How exactly do you guys source the? Yes, that's very interesting. That's a very interesting question, and that is exactly you know I probably did not saw a light upon, but I touched upon in my last answer. Right, Friday the the R and D I just mentioned. So what we realized on day one is when I when I say this is a hundred billion dollar market, the the usual question was, if it's such a huge market, why aren't the Tatas or the Ambani's playing in this market? Right, legitimate question. And what we realize is this market is great because at the very nodal roots, 
evaluation of a product is never known. What I mean by that today, say for your yourself or say any of the listeners over here out there, we have a couple of devices that are at home. We are not using, but we are not selling off. Because the issue is, if we go to sell it off, someone will take in their hands and say, say any device and say, "Is for two thousand dunga." Let's check a number, right? Is for two thousand dunga. Are they? Why two thousand? Why not twenty-two hundred? Why not eighteen hundred? Because this guy does not know what is the value of the product. What are the is the data around the product? He just feels, you know, if I take it for two thousand, I can sell it off for five five thousand, right? That's the type of margins in this market. But on the other hand, if I do not know what is the value of a product, uh, what is the facts and figures behind a product, I cannot go out there and create a structured billion dollar business out of here. Right, that is the first thing we focus on, and is, that is the reason Microsoft is on board with us. Right, we call, we created something called the Faraday. The Faraday is a very simple, you know, ATM-like device where you just go over there, place your device, and device goes in, the valuation comes up. These are three simple things: uh, AI, ML, and uh, yeah, your image processing. Image processing takes the physical conditions of the device, figures out, you know, uh, scratches, dents, or any other physical issues. And now we are going even deeper, like Are these scratches on the screen, or are these scratches on the on the say uh, the screen guard? Right. Uh, ML basically uh, checks out what are the sensors working, what are not, right? And last of all, AI to determine what is the current value of the device in the market, and also say what is the demand of that device in the market. So then, lot of other parameters that that goes in. But on an overview, these are the top three things that that um, no that is used to evaluate. Uh, Each and every device out there, right? And I think that by itself does two things very accurately. One is, I mean, improve improve your margins because you know what is the device you're procuring. You can control its quality, right? And definitely going out, it's it's also about the time to market. So improvement in margins and time to market are the two top things we see. What helps us to corner the market from any other competitors or say create a structured uh, structured structured economy in the space. So it's basically people. Is it is it is the sourcing happening B two C or it's B two C plus B two B? Do you have like a curated? Uh, it, of course, it it has to be it, it has to be B two C plus B two. Uh, I'll 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 give you an small uh, small simple example. If it it is just B two C, can never create a proper distribution channel. Why? Because it's not about the number of people. It's about no one has a loyalty when they're selling, right? When When you are trying to sell a device off, when you are trying to get rid of it, you will give it to anyone who gives you something more, right? Uh, if I give you hundred rupees more, you will give it to me. If someone else gives you no, two hundred rupees more, you will give it to him. You don't have a loyalty when you are trying to get rid of a device, but when you are buying it, there is something where the loyalty comes into play. There is something where you know you think twice before buying. Even if say today's chap deal gives you two hundred rupees off, you still buy it from Amazon because you are sure. If you if you order for a cloth, the cloth will come not a brick. Right. So that's that's the type of you know play that is there in terms of procurement. So it has to be both B two B and B two C when you're scaling a business in this market. No, no, absolutely, I think it makes absolute sense in that sense. Uh, just hold on, cool. Uh, I'll probably have one more question, and that's basically around the whole. idea of reducing e waste which i guess becomes a cornerstone at least from a you know from a value perspective which is kind of a giving back kind of idea 
just wanted to probably touch upon that mm-hmm. because there is a lot of chatter around this whole circular economy so i see yeah, yeah of course See, my my basic thought on that is you know in terms of say the the environment other lot of things we have been doing other than our our you know principal business model for every product we sell we plant a tree right uh, so basically you know selling around oddly 20 25000 devices a month right uh, in a year we are almost planting a forest i mean that's a commitment from our side to the planet and apart from that i mean you know Uh, I would definitely say the principal business model is based on on something which is, which is today uh, sustainability on, on as the headlines right? uh, and building a sustainable economy, building something you know, uh, climate positive uh, is is definitely where you are to, you are doing much more than just creating another business out there. And I think you know, I really feel proud and honored to be part of such a such a say change revolution or say. such a way of life today where more 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 and so more people are are actually coming in and taking for taking this uh, forward in, in a different way so thanks to everyone out there and i mean uh, uh, i see this i i definitely see this as of course you know from a insight perspective i i see this as as as, a, as one of the biggest changes that happened in, in the industry for a period of time i mean every if uh, you know every say decade or so has at least two to three industries that grow i mean we have seen the uh, the, the fintech and, and probably the logistics space grow the last decade I, i definitely believe this market the reform market the recycle market the us market or say the environment focused market these are the market which will you know get a lot of hype and and see a lot of growth in the you know in the near future So guys, I'll just open up the floor uh, for questions. Anybody has a question? Please shoot it out to Satnik Durga. And sorry, I'm yeah. I'm really sorry to everyone. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, there has been a lot of disturbances since we started, but I think uh, we we got it off. Yeah, Thank yeah, you so much. Good. Yeah, go on. Go ahead. Yep, I will. I will. I will go with that. Uh, thanks, thanks, Satnik, for your uh, wonderful session. I have a couple of questions. First sure. thing is. uh so what is your uh, unique selling proposition here uh definitely i think the unique selling proposition over here is two things first and foremost uh i would say the technology we have today right which allows us to control the entire market than anyone else right, right? because as, as i just mentioned right today the reason this is a this is a market opportunity of a of a, you know you know not just couple of billions of dollars but hundreds of billions of dollars yet 95% of this market is great because at the very roots at the very uh, very nodes right uh, no one knows the uh, the, uh, the value of a device knowing that by itself it's not about just the data we process of every device at the backend it's also about knowing the facts and figures of these devices right that that is something i i definitely feel you know structures this market and helps us control the market uh, any way better than anyone other any other player out there in the market that's the first one and another thing i would always definitely say the trust element we are, we, we have built up upon uh, as as a credibility factor in, in our growth story sense i mean definitely this is something replicable this is not 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 this is not something i entry clear right but being the industry first is definitely where you know in a different wave and 
available. Okay, and uh, so my second question is: so, uh, do you have any idea to expand your uh, uh, your product segment to other products apart from the electronics? Then, so uh, do you have any any expansion plans of hello? your product segment? Yeah, can you hear Satnik? Uh, sorry, you need, uh, I just lost you for a second. Could you just uh, yeah, come back? Yeah, so I'll, I'll just repeat the question. Yeah, I can, I can. Could you repeat the question, please? I'll just repeat the question for Vika. So he's asking whether do you have any expansion plans in other appliances or tech categories apart from smartphones? Uh, it's not just smartphones. We do uh, smartphones, laptops, televisions, accessories, uh, tablets, right? Those are the five things we are focused on. But definitely 85% of our business is still smartphones, right? Uh, and we want to be focused in this five things currently. Uh, maybe something else down the line, but not in some, uh, not something in mind right away. Okay. So my uh, last question. Uh, sure. It's like, so once, uh, once you verify the, uh, the product, like for example, the smartphone, yeah. and uh, there may be uh, only one component might be defective, like the battery. So in that case, you just replace the battery alone and you sell it, or you completely discard that product. No, 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 just a battery. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Vika, for the question. Anybody else has a question? I'm sure, uh, a lot of guys. Yeah. Yeah, but go on. Uh, yeah. Hi, Sati. Uh, thanks for coming. Hey, Thank uh, you so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah I, I've been like uh, searching a lot of uh, startups in startups and social enterprises in electronics market. And like, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to ask you about uh, have you heard of Karo Sambhav by any chance? Karo Sambhav? Yeah, it's a, it's uh, a electronics social enterprise. And okay. Like, uh, it usually like it has repair shops and it is basically organizing all the electronic waste market and it has a lot of school programs also i think it uh you know uh, collaborated with the indian government also so yeah like uh, what's your take on this like uh, i haven't but i haven't heard of it but definitely that is something uh, yeah there some up right yeah. Yeah. So, like, what's your take on like uh, this electronics waste market? Like, should it be more towards capitalistic approach, like your HyperX, or should it be more towards uh, a social enterprise thing? <laughs> Very interesting question. I mean, uh, you know, uh, a lot of ways to look at look around it. But I think uh, you know, on the other terms, there are two elements to this, right? Uh, uh, see, at the grassroots, everything goes. To a certain extent, but on on a global scale, if if you if you if you're predicting something on a global scale, but that is a different approach altogether completely, right? We cannot probably probably you know somewhere we cannot we have to differentiate both, and we have to find a correct amalgamation of, of both the things. Unless the grassroots grows at the top, I, I definitely feel like the the global market does not grow. But at the say in terms of the consumer uh, intake. If you do not create a global brand out there at the grassroots, these people will never be able to come up to that stage where you know they are getting a premium for the services they are providing. Right? So both these markets have to grow independently on their own at first, and then then work together to uh, to figure out you know how it's a win-win situation for everyone. That's my take. That is what I believe in personally. 
I had one follow-up question also. Sure. What do you think uh, will uh, grow more in the future, like the recycling industry or the refurbishing industry? Mm, uh, uh, in terms of capital, I see. Uh, uh, see, uh, see. Before, if you this, there are two ways to look at it, right? Recycling is more of a B two B, right? It's more of a B two B, while refurbish is more of a B two C because it's the end product that goes out to the customer, right? So while the premium, I mean, uh, uh, while you charge a premium because you are creating a consumer focused brand, and so refurbish makes a sense on that aspect. But unless the B two B is happening on on a larger scale, which is the numbers, right? Uh, in that case, I don't see refurbish as an industry growing. So it's basically two ways around it. So basically, in terms of recycling, you can say you are making a dime out of say uh, selling one crore products, and on the other hand, in in terms of selling a refurb, right? You are probably making a hundred dollars selling one device, right? So both of this industry definitely. Terms. Uh, the as I just mentioned, recycling is more of a B two B, and refurb is is more of an end customer product. So it's more of a B two C. You have a scope and opportunity to charge a premium, but B two B definitely has has a higher uh, has a has a higher scale and number. So both has its own growth and its own advantage. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Nene, that's a very valid point. I I don't know. To your question, but. Uh, Uh, what's your actual name? I'm really sorry. Danish. Danish. So Danish, uh, I don't know, but I probably need we probably need to have a separate discussion around this whole social enterprise aspect, because here I always believe that for a system to be sustainable, it needs to make profit mm-hmm. in some form or the other, for it to yeah. survive. I I completely completely agree. Otherwise, you are dependent. not on your performance but on somebody else's goodwill and that is exactly that is a very that quite uh, risky that's a very different way to and of course you know those those enterprises are good but that cannot be your sole bread earner right so yeah yeah, yeah. So it's not about the bread even if you look at it on the other way around you know i have been part of many you know organizations nationally and internationally which are which are focused towards uh, social changes right Uh, social changes as in upliftment of the of the society you know uh, the ngos you talked about etc what i really do not like about many of them is is most of them work on donations why can't we have if you are speaking about social entrepreneurship why can't we have a system right but why it is not generating revenue there can be 100 different ways you know someone who is looking forward in in such a space please happy to re- uh, reach out to me we can have a separate discussion on this i can help you and guide you Whatever space you're looking at, right? Be 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 it, say in terms of transgender, be it in terms of uh, labor, what whatsoever uh, aspect you're working on, I'm happy to help you out. But I do not feel in any way that uh, that has anything to do with capitalism or or, or social entrepreneurship uh, as 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 a different aspect. I mean, things has to grow on their own. It has to be organic. Money has to flow in to keep this growth happening. Else, uh, else it's about a future which. Which you know, probably you cannot control yourself, and that makes no sense to me. Also, like uh, as Fractitious mentioned, like uh, there are a lot of social enterprises coming which have a proper business model and do not. Exactly, exactly. That's the way forward. 
that is yeah. the way forward yeah 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 thanks a lot tanish for the question anybody anybody yeah. else has a question i have one, i have a few so i'll i'll go after that but anybody else has a, has any question there's sam prag sanshekar cool i'll probably go then um i basically certainly wanted to take and figure out problem first now so i'll probably get into the a little bit of a generic topic where so you mm-hmm. have been a kind of a founder right from your college days right correct and and wanted to probably take your perspective on uh, you know starting up a company in college because you know you do not have that much of a perspective you haven't worked anywhere you haven't seen how business mm-hmm. works and then you are correct. basically taking your first it's the first step in your journey you're bound to make a lot of mistakes a lot of lot okay. of start student student founders that we come across are really delusional because probably their priorities are not not right you know they sometimes focus on the fame aspect a lot more rather than the business aspect of things and and doing so i probably wanted to you know touch upon the fact that what kind of skills or what kind of mindset should a student founder basically have uh see uh, i uh, no in terms of my personal life what i experienced over the time right? uh, being a student founder has its own advantage and disadvantage right in terms of advantage you are you can take a lot of higher risks than someone who is starting probably in their mid 30s or say early 40s or even later whatsoever right uh because it's tough to be in a job give up a job and come back to something where it fits uh to the this factor and even then you know your family comes up uh there are a lot of things to take to take care about uh early in your uh, early early in your life say say in your early 20s etc it's probably a time you can take a lot of risks right uh, you can fail fail multiple times get up come back to the journey and that is exactly uh, that is exactly what happened with me on the other hand i, I would say experience is definitely a, a, a huge challenge i mean i have goofed up so many times and so many in so many things right i and i believe you know uh, it's one of the major challenges i had always faced and i, I sometimes wish somewhere i could i could you know really uh, really had a better experience than than starting up but as i just mentioned at the end of the day one thing that is important is persistence it's not a overnight journey it's not about you know just making to the headlines on day one about a journey you know say the fox thing right uh, the first time i heard about forbes i was 19 back then the time i make it to forbes i am 26 right now right so seven years of journey since i just know about forbes and probably my entrepreneurial journey before that right so as i just mentioned everything has its advantage everything has its disadvantage one thing is is a persistence how clear is your vision and is it something you want to give all probably your teen life and everything around it that's very important to answer for yourself uh, once that is clear i think everything else falls in place it will take time you will have your falls you will have your ups everything will, will will be a journey a roller coaster journey but be worth worth it no no absolutely absolutely and in terms of mindset uh especially mm-hmm. if you are a first time founder what are the basic things that you should keep in mind when you are starting i 
mean, apart from of course the persistence and stuff. What are the nothing? I, I say I say nothing. You cannot figure out everything on day one. You have to learn the entire thing on the in a, in a journey. That's the journey about. If you are clear about everything, say what are the things you should have in mind on day one. I don't think any founder does. Right? When when we are a first time founder, or say when we are starting at our early age of eighteen, nineteen, what we have in the mind? We don't have anything. We probably have seen the the great stories of Jobs and probably say Zuckerberg, and we want to be that down the line. Definitely, the clarity comes once we go ahead in the journey. Once we start learning things up. Once we start probably failing, once we start probably closing deals, and once we start rising, right? And those things are happening. Then the clarity comes up. But day one, I don't think anyone has a clarity. That is okay. That is a that is a way that it should be. You cannot you cannot pass your uh, board examinations in your class one. You have to struggle all the way through class ten to give your you know attempt your first board exams. That's the journey out there. Sense and this is what we tell all our founders. That's the that's the tagline of the builders club as well. So we say that you should keep building no matter what. You should never stop. Yeah. Building. <laughs> right. I uh, will take one last question if there are any. Otherwise, we'll uh, I'll have one question and then we'll close. Anybody has a question? Well, you have to Sir, uh, can we go next? Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, so, hey, Sapni, thanks for doing this. Probably, I guess, I didn't know that you would be traveling this place. So, no, that's fine. No. That's yeah. fine. So, Even uh, my, I, I, I knew I, I would be traveling. It just happened. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah okay. cool, cool. So, I had this question that, okay, so, uh, what do you think that attack plays uh, in the role of a satellite? Maybe like, now you have got a diagnostic for 30 and 30. So how does it affect the whole startup and as well as an individual like you? So that, yeah, is it brings responsibilities to make it happen or what else? Uh, I, think, I think in terms of credibility, it definitely builds a lot of credibility. All right. You know, post that uh, there have been while, you know, it's usually us uh, trying to figure out investors. Right? Uh, there have been a lot of, you know, very well-known funds out there in the market which have reached out to me post it happened and i i think somewhere that credibility has played, played a role in terms of a personal life definitely you know your close friends families uh, and peers uh, definitely celebrate it right uh, you really feel something elevated on day one as usual life goes on right uh, there's the next big thing now you're looking forward to that's how it is Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so you can. Thanks, Kamal. Uh, th I think we should uh, call this one to a close. Thanks a lot, Satnik. Satnik, how was your experience, this overall conversation? It was a shorter one. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Look, I loved it. Looking forward uh, for one more, maybe, uh, on, on, a, on, a, on a day four. Yeah, yeah. Loving it. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks Definitely. Lot, that was the episode hope you got some rich insights for your idea
from this. If you like the episode, do share it with your friends and rate us on Spotify, Google Store and iTunes. If you want to join the Water Cooler Podcast live, join the club at www.thebuildersclub.me. Until next time, upwards and onwards.